What's up? Iscape here, bringing you AOK Radio, signing on for another special dose of escapism into pop culture. So, let's escape together. All right. So, last episode, we uh, started our, or I guess restarted, our Kingdom Hearts retrospective, where I combined both of my podcasts together. Um, originally, I had two. One was called Your Favorite Heartless, which was the Kingdom Hearts retrospective, and of course, my main one, AOK which is the pop culture podcast. So I decided just for the sake of being more, um, having more of that consistency, I wanted to make sure they're both together. And it just felt right doing it that way. So I, I merged them all together. So every other episode is going to be the retrospective and then the, in case people missed that previous episode. And then this, um, the other episodes are going to be the pop culture, the AOK stuff. So today, I wanted to talk about a momentous occasion. On December 24th of this year, 2022, I published my third book, I Believe in Monsters, Odd Company. So the series is called I Believe in Monsters. Um, it's planned to be about a four or five book series. Not sure just yet. Because the last two arcs, I don't have full plans for them yet. I'm still developing those. And I don't know how big they're going to be. I know they're going to be like, a lot of stuff's going to happen, but I got to work on them still. So it's either going to be four or five, because I'm pretty sure one of the arcs is going to need two parts to tell appropriately. Because I don't, I, want, I, don't want all the, I don't want the books to be super long. I want them to be broken up. Um... Because I don't know about you, when I see a really big book, even though I know, even though I know it's going to be good, I get a little bit uh, intimidated. <laughs> so each book, I'm kind of planning to stay within that 200 to 300 page range, and I feel like that's pretty decent. But uh, oh, by the way, you're going to hear my daughter in the background. <laughs> She's excited watching House of Mouse. Uh, well, no, no, not, not House of Mouse. I love House of Mouse. She's watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. That show I don't really care for but i get it i get why it's so popular you know it's still a good show i just it's just not my cup of tea but anyway so i wanted to go back in time a little bit um to what got me to this point i've, I've talked about this in the past a few times but this is also to be a motivation for artists writers out there who may be on the fence about whether or not they should continue to write or they have trouble writing or they don't know if they want to or should publish something how would they go about it there's a number of ways to go about it fortunately there's so many resources out there for free that you can look at and to see what kind of path you can follow and a lot of the times it's actually very easy um you decide to have patience <laughs> but of course if you're writing you hopefully have enough enough patience to stick to that but that'll help you gain the patience anyway so um more what oh, you want to all you want to sit Okay. No, no. That night? night? No, 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 night. I'm recording a podcast. I can't sleep while recording a podcast. That's not good. I drove track. Yeah. So my daughter wanted to sit with me. <laughs> you got to hear her a lot more now. Um, so what I basically did was I went and did uh, self-publishing. Uh, right now, it seemed like the best way to do it. And that's what I did with my other books, too. I just published through Amazon. And originally, I did... Um, I actually published my first two books through comics. No, 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 not Comicsology. That's the same thing. Um, I published them through Kablam Comics because originally back then my first two books were um, illustrated with novel um, writing in it. So 
I forget what that term is called. What kind of books those are called? I guess storybooks. I don't know. Essentially, mostly written in novel form, but they had um, illustrations in them too. Uh, a couple pages here and there. Usually the chapters all had illustrations. One. One. Two. Two. Three. Four. Why are we counting? Four. Hi. Why are we counting? Hi. Hi. Six. Six. Oh, you said five. I'm sorry. Seven. 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 Eight. 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 Nine. Nine. Ten. Okay, ten. <laughs> oh, Freya, you like to go to 13. 11. 12. 13. Hug. Yeah, I'm giving you a hug. What are you doing? <laughs> um, So my first book, I debuted um, back at a Comic-Con in my hometown, Pittsburgh. And it was a very fun, it was a very fun occasion. Um, I was able to debut the book there, a soundtrack. Uh, me and a couple friends made it. And that was the original series, but back then it was just called Inked Kingdom. Now, Inked Kingdom is still a story, and I believe in monsters. That's going to be book three of this series, maybe book three and four. That's one of the that's one of the arcs I was saying that might be a part one and two because it's there's a lot I plan on doing with that series. Um, and then I did another sto story that's actually that became uh, book four or five. So that's something I always encourage writers, artists, is never throw away your stuff unless you don't have room for it. And if you don't, you know, find a way to reserve the memory, preserve the memory, like make a digital copy of it or something. If you have a physical, you know, find a way to keep a form of it because you never know when you'll be able to um, reuse it. You know, reuse, reusing assets can be very fun. Oh yeah, that's she's pointing at the red. light on the microphone. It's red. red. Yeah, it's red. Black. Black. Yeah, the rest <laughs> of the microphone's black. Yeah. So it was a fun experience, but um, so back to now, I have uh, published the book um, officially on Amazon. So now you can get a digital copy, and you can get a physical copy as well if you wanted to. So. Um, the link to that is actually in my bio on, um, on Wisdom. I'm actually recording on Wisdom right now. And on my podcast, if you're listening to it on my podcast, you can check the show notes and you'll see the link tree that'll take you to that page. So it is very exciting. Um, I'm very happy about this. And um, I'm glad I was able to publish it before Christmas because I didn't want it to be on Christmas because then people were like, oh, is it going to be, is it a Christmas story? I mean, to be fair, it being in December... Regardless, people are going to be like, is it a Christmas story? No, it's not. It just it just happened to be the month I published it. So there's that. <laughs> but um, so this series has been in the production for years, like over a decade. Um, actually, I think closer to 15. Yeah, about 14, 15 years. But it's just been in so much development, so much change. It's grown as I have grown as a, as a, as a writer, as an artist, figuring out what I wanted to really make this story be, you know, figure out what really was my path, what I wanted it to really be, and that changed over time. So, you? What are you saying you for? Naomi, you're confusing me. <laughs> so, um, originally, this whole series started back when a a um, co-worker of mine wanted me to draw a uh, or design a tattoo for them and it was a red riding hood character in a fighting game and Naomi 
You're touching the... Ah, wait, you're touching the mic. Stop it. <laughs> Alright, go watch TV. Go watch TV. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I see the noise on the microphone. I am sorry for that. <laughs> but, um, no, baby, watch TV. I'll be, I'll be right with, I'll be right with you. It's okay, baby. It's okay. Your TV's way over there, though. You can't see when you're sitting with me. You can't see the TV. It's all the way over there. I'll give you lots of cuddles later, okay? Okay. Okay. She'd probably be sitting back on my lap here shortly. <laughs> oh, toodles? Yeah. So, I think reusing assets and just having the idea of the possibility of being able to reuse assets is important. Because, like I said, this whole series started with a story that was inspired by Alice in Wonderland. And it's still, there is still a major arc that features Alice in Wonderland in this in the series. But instead of it being the main story now, it is just a major arc in the overarching series. And that wouldn't have happened if I didn't decide to keep it. And I'm very proud that I did after all these years that I still find so much grand potential in it and feel that it is such a awesome story that I want to tell still. And um, in this book, We'll, we'll talk about this book real quick, actually. So the synopsis for this book that I uh, released, that's, that actually is the start of this whole series, this whole um, series that actually has a spinoff that's releasing uh, next year called Quantum Cab. So the synopsis for this first book, and actually kind of for this whole series in a, in a nutshell, A Cosmic Terror. The Jabberwock wishes to devour the Cheshire and Milky Way galaxy. Our heroes will not sit idly by and just let it do so. A race against time and great loss as this ravenous monster consumes everything in its wake. It will take the combined effort of worlds, realm, excuse me, worlds, realms, and dimensions alike to stand up to it. That, however, is easily said than done. So, uh, as you can, if you're a fan of Wonderland or at least familiar with Wonderland, you can see, you know, I use the Jabberwock, I use the uh, Cheshire. There's a lot of influence I wanted to make sure that outside of the arcs of Wonderland and even Oz, I have Oz, a form of Oz in, in the series. I wanted to use more of that influence kind of throughout the series. And I think the I think it'll be one of the most unique ones, I would say, that I've ever seen, because usually a lot of the people who adapt this stuff stick to the source material. And that's good. That's usually encouraged. And for the most part. I do that as well when it is relevant, when it is needed. But I feel that, you know, since so many people have done it before me, it only feels right that I reimagine it in a different way to hope that people who are fans of Oz Wonderland can look at this and say, okay, well, this is different, but, you know, I always have my original ones that I love and appreciate. And I look at this and I think this is cool. This is interesting. You know, it's a nice change of pace type deal. You know, if, if I was the very first one adapting Oz and Wonderland, I wouldn't be doing it the way I'm doing it. I'd be a little bit closer to the material. But like I said, I am I am sticking to a lot of source material still. 
but I, I'm trying to change a lot of stuff up so it stands out. So it, it is something different that people can hopefully appreciate. So the book is about 300 and uh, so pages. Um, the reading, uh, let's see, the, the, age, uh, the age rating, I would say, is 10 and up. You know, there's a lot of uh, fight scenes and stuff like that. A lot of kind of, I wouldn't say disturbing imagery, but... At best, it's like PG to PG-13 in between there. There's nothing really crazy happening as far as like grotesque things or anything like that. It's just because of all the action that happens. That's why I place it between PG and PG-13. You know, I wanted to have a nice... When you got like a, a cosmic terror ter taking over the universe, eating the universe, you kind of have to have action sequences in it, right? <laughs> so that that's the whole deal with that. Um, so right now, it currently is available on Amazon only. Um, I'm not sure if it'll be available elsewhere in the future, but right now, that's the best way I could have done it. And if you are interested in publishing stuff, uh, self-publishing something, Amazon is pretty good um, if you want to do it without having to throw in a bunch of money. Um, you can literally publish your work on Amazon right now for free. I didn't have to... I didn't have to spend a dime to get my stuff published on there. And they actually help promote it. Um, I'm not sure to what degree, but they help promote it. And of course, most of the networking and promotion comes down to you, which is kind of a bummer because that's what is so good when you publish it with a agent, with a company that does that for you. You know, you know, they're getting the, the words out there. You know, they're getting it into stores and stuff. But of course, that's more costly. And I don't have the, that uh, the means to do that. So this is a good alternative if you at least want to get it started, because you never know in the future as things pick up, you can work towards getting it published with an agent, with a company that could push it into stores. I actually know a local author who's done that. She has uh, six books currently. And I own a physical copy of one, and I own the rest on uh, Kindle. So she has them not only published in a Barnes & Noble, but she also has them on Amazon as well. So it's possible. And honestly, there are all there are different alternatives to do this. You know, you can you can different tiers. You know, so it's I would say it's definitely affordable. But just no, do your research before you jump into. I'm gonna get it published in Barnes & Noble tomorrow. You know. So that's my that's my suggestion. Um, before we go back into the story and the origins of the series, I wanted to also say that everyone who is figuring out the best way to write to find the time to do all these things. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Google Docs. I don't care how you feel about Google. Google Docs is where it's at. I'm able to edit every and it's not a sponsor. I wish it was. I wish it was, but Google Docs is awesome. This is not sponsored. I my output as far as writing stuff has been triple since I've used this because, you know, usually most people would use like maybe their notepad on their phone or maybe like Microsoft Word on their on their computer. And then it's just limited to that. Right. Um, well, Google Docs, I'm able to load it up on whatever device can can load it. So I can load up Google Docs on my phone, my tablet, and my computer, and I can just see everything and just edit on the fly wherever I am. So I don't have to look back and be like, oh, crap, uh, I don't remember how this thing was described or the name of that character because it's on my computer. Well, no, it's on Google Docs, so I can load it up everywhere now. <laughs> so 
that's what's helping. Um, one thing too is when you're creating a universe, a literal universe like I'm doing, have a separate document that keeps track of your characters, the places, and all that stuff. Because most of the things I'm using are all are mostly original stuff. Because like I said, I have characters that are from Oz and Wonderland. I have Alice, Dorothy, um, Ambi, Ambi, the t uh, the Tin Man, etc., etc., um, the Mad Hatter. You know, they're all going to be in this series to some degree, to varying degrees. But I have a bunch of other original characters like um, Isa, Bigsby, um, Talia. Their list goes on. So that's what I think helps a lot of things keep um, on track. So now that I've published the book, I've actually started the document where I have everything organized, you know, keeping track of all the places I've created, um, how characters are described, um, what their traits are, what, what are perks, uh, what their powers are, their, their, their likes, dislikes, stuff like that, so I can be consistent throughout the whole series. So as I'm describing a certain scene, I'm not thinking about like, oh crap, what are they, what, what are they, what, what would they be doing? You know, I can look back to my source guide, my, my, my reference guide, and be like, oh, okay, that's what they would be doing. Because, yes, we have an, we, we have, we have human, we as humans have incredible minds. We can remember a lot of things, if we recall it, and ex exercise it enough. But let me tell you, write it down. <laughs> write it down. There's going to be a point in time when you're going to be like, okay, I, 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 I remembered it like five minutes ago. And now I forgot. What 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 was I? Oh great! I don't remember. Was there was her hair brown or blonde? You know, stuff like some stuff as simple as that. So that's something that's helping. And also, you can use that for something as a future release, because that's what I plan on do too. Event eventually, is have a reference guide that is available to the public. So in case. They ever want to do their own like because that that's one of my dreams too is i want people to look at this series and be like yo i want to make i'm going to do a tabletop of this i want to do a fan game i want to do this or that of it and hopefully it's you know positive stuff and not that, that, that uh, you know not other things that the internet is unfortunately famous for doing but i know that's just a part of the <laughs> part of the process of putting your stuff on the internet <laughs> there's always going to be that one or a few people or, or sometimes many that do weird stuff with your creations but like i said you just got to get over it and do what you can to make it the best it can be outside of what the weirdos are going to do <laughs> so um let's see so that's something that i recommend doing um, the reference guide is going to be very fundamental for keep helping you keep track, most importantly, of your universe. And like I said, once if you were if you have plans to release it to the public, so people can keep track of stuff too, um, it'll be good because, like I said, they can use that for other things that bring more positive, more um, what should I call it, more eyes to your content because say someone makes a tabletop for instance of your of your series and their group of friends haven't read the book before they don't know what it's about but now they're intrigued because their buddy's like hey you want to play this tabletop and now they're interested in reading your book series because now they're like dude that was a fun tabletop this universe is interesting i really dig it so that's what i mean this sort of thing is doing stuff like this is very vital you know, you, you, you should 
try to have your mind open if you want to have these type of things happen. You know, I understand not everyone want. I understand not everyone is um, wanting that sort of thing. Not some, you know, I know not everyone's a fan of tabletop or fan games or anything fan made stuff of their work. I get it, but if you don't mind, definitely consider that type of opportunity because it could be a game changer, especially if you're promoting it solely yourself. And for me, I advertise my stuff on TikTok, on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And TikTok for me is my biggest outlet right now. And I've grown so much off of doing a lot of things that I enjoy. And now I'm getting a lot of growth from my original creations. I get I get comments of people, you know, really interested, really wanting to see more and adding the videos to their favorites and all this stuff. It's it's so motivating seeing that people actually enjoy what you're doing. And that is another good way to keep your motivation strong because there are going to be days when you don't want to do anything. And that's fine. I mean, look at me. This series has been growing and developing and changing for over 15 years. And finally, after two other publications... No, actually three, technically. There's, this is the fourth book I've published. I forgot about the third one. After those that I unpublished and deemed non-canon because they weren't in a, they weren't going in a direction that I seemed fit anymore. So what I did was I unpublished them and then went back and figured out, okay, where do I really want this to go? Where do I want it to start? Can I, what, what can I bring from the old books into the new book? And then the process began, or restarted rather, and now, at the age of 30, you know, this whole process starting when I was like 17, so a little over 15 years, or excuse me, a little under 15 years, <laughs> my bad. Technically, I've been writing stories since way before that too, but I'm just going to start there because that's around the time when I started publishing stuff or, you know, was making full stories. So, yeah. So now do I have a series that I'm like, okay, I understand that there's still going to be plot holes. People are going to see plot holes. People are going to see inconsistencies that I somehow missed because I'm just, sometimes you just got to realize that you're going to have these things and you just miss them somehow. <laughs> Even though you read the book like 500 times, it's like, how did I miss that still? And fans are going to point it out. And they're going to be like, well, okay. And sometimes you feel like, oh, is it worth explaining in the next book? Should I just forget about it? I mean, if you can fix it, fix it. But if, if it's not really a big deal, eh, it's just a thing. It just happened. Sometimes you got to realize, like, if it's fiction, especially if it's fantasy or sci-fi, it's like, who cares? Not everything has to be realistic because it's it's fiction, right? It's, it's your own work. And... Well, it's important to have things that make sense. You ain't saying no for it. Are you disagreeing with me? How dare you? That's not... Man, she she, she was all positive at first and she came over here being all negative. Like, no, no, that's not true. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I think that is good. You know, make sure that you have as much consistency and as little plot holes as possible. That's how your story will... You know, of course, it's obvious that it's, that's how it's going to be at its best, right? So... Um, but understand that regardless, 
you're probably still going to end up with a plaho or inconsistency at some point, whether it's, you know, one here or two there, whatever, or a couple more. Um, just acknowledge it. Try to handle it in the next book <laughs> or make an amended version of your per- current one. Yeah, I, I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Essentially, I'm going to I'm just going to handle it in the next book. <laughs> but yeah, I encourage people to bring it up to me. Like if you're reading, if you want to read this book, which I totally um, recommend it. If you're listening to this right now, check out my book. Let me know what you think. Even if you're just offering constructive criticism, even if you just said, man, that book sucked. Like, hey, thank you for reading it. Or at least trying to. I, I I appreciate that at least. It sucks that you didn't like it, but I know it's not going to be for everyone. So that's another thing. You got to you gotta remember that what you're writing is not going to be for everyone. You could think it's the most perfect, most beautiful or scary thing imaginable. And for that right audience that you're aiming for. But there's always going to be a couple of people that are like, eh, that wasn't for me. So. Oh, you want a hug? See, told you she'd be back. All right. So, duck? Did you say duck bagel? Where's the? Oh, the duck. Okay, there's ducks on Mickey Mouse. Would you? Where'd you say bagel though? Oh, wait, don't touch that. Ah, nope. Leave that on them. That's that's an important thing for my computer. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, this book series started from something as little as that, something involving Alice in Wonderland going to um, other things and Naomi you're not even saying anything you're just grunting what are you doing <laughs> now she's sitting on the table okay um, I'm trying to think of what else I can talk about with this so let's go back to talking about the actual book that's out right now that's actually canon to my whole series so um, like I said this series is going to be about four or five books and at the moment i do have things i want to do more with it in the future but right now you know the major arc the whole jabberwock deal is about that much and outside of that i do have other books that i'm planning on doing as well so for instance the plan this year or what what i ended this year with is the is the book is the first book in the series Odd Company. The over, the series itself is called I Believe in Monsters. So, as you can probably tell, it deals with a lot of different monsters that are relating to that. Ones that come in all shapes and sizes across many realms, dimensions, and just how our heroes have to deal with them. And realizing that, you know, not every monster may be bad. You know, sometimes monsters are called that because they're just misunderstood etc etc so there's a lot of things a lot of story elements i'm trying to bring through the series that have that type of idea so um now that i finished this book um what i'm going to be doing for the sequel which is called emerald horizon that's going to be the next story that actually will be a oz centered arc of the series Wizard of Oz centered arc. So, if you're if you're a fan of Wizard of Oz, I hope you will like that book. I, t- I plan on bringing a lot of things into that series that I think will be really fun, and I'm gonna expand on it more outside of the um, outside of that arc because I have a spinoff that I'm gonna be working on this next year alongside remastering my father's book because he unfortunately had passed away before he got to finish his book series. So I'm taking that. 
on my, I'm, I'm, I'm continuing what he, I'm finishing what he started, I should say. I feel like it's something that I owe to him. And not in a bad way, I feel like I, because of how much he meant to me, I want to do him this um, justice that he deserved. He deserved to finish that series and he didn't get the chance to because life. So um, it's a it's a family, it's a kid's book, I should say. Um, it's called Don't Tell, it's called Don't Tell Steven. And it is centered around not judging a book by its cover. That some people, it, it kind of is similar to even my my original series too. Like sometimes you, I mean, you just shouldn't judge a book by its cover at all. But because you never know how, you, you never know how beautiful the person, how you may never know how beautiful the book or the person may be underneath what you what that appearance is actually showing so that's what the first one's going to be about i'm planning about three books in that series but this year i'm dropping that book um because i'm not really changing any of the writing i'm just updating the illustrations um and i'm going to include the original book in that one as well so at the end of this remaster i'm going to have the original book because this book is like 20 years old so i want to bring it back to light i want to i want to resuscitate it basically um and i feel like the best way to do that and so the art is consistent in the next two books i felt what better way to do this than to revise the old art so that way the art's consistent so there's that and of course the original book that is also dropping this year is going to be called quantum cab which is a spin-off to um the main series the main i believe a monster series because quantum cab is still very much connected to the main jabberwock series but it just takes place separate from it even though it's still in the same universe so this one's going to be more it's going to be more free form there's going to be a lot of a lot more freedom with it because there's going to be a lot of stuff i want to explore with this series i want to do a lot of different things so when, with quantum cab i'm not going to reveal too much about it yet I'll, I'll talk about it more as we get more into the development because i know how the first book is going to be i just have to write it out i have, I have the book already planned out how what's all going to be happening and i just got to write it out so that's why i'm very certain it's going to drop this year or excuse me in 2023 and um uh, what's um don't tell steven is gonna be dropping like in about three months just because i only i only have to do the illustrations and that's it so that's gonna be pretty simple so i can i'd imagine three months is pretty sufficient time to get that done quantum cab is probably gonna be closer to like halfway through 2023 um because i'm also playing around with the idea of, of whether or not i want to put illustrations in it or not because i want to do that eventually with my books but It'd be mainly me doing the illustrations, and I love drawing, but I am a slow drawer, so I, I don't know. We're still thinking about it. <laughs> um, so with that in mind, that's the current plan, because I wanted to take a break from book two of I Believe in Monsters, because um, while a lot of it is already established, a lot of it is already written, I want to take us back. I want to take a back seat to it so I can come back to it refreshed have these other ideas already out and established and come back to it and have more things planned for it. Because usually when I write stuff, 
I take a break and write other things. And as I'm writing those things, I get inspired and think of ideas for the other thing I was writing for. So it's a kind of a back and forth thing. So I know this is going to help book two in the long run. And that's actually what's been helping the first book because I went and developed a lot of Quantum Cab along the same time. And now I have like this awesome way of in, uh, introducing into the series that I then what I would have thought like a month ago. So that's why it's so good to, for me especially, sometimes to juggle multiple projects, especially when they connect. Especially like, it, it may be different if you're doing stuff that doesn't connect, but for me, I love stories that connect. So doing these like that really helped me develop this for the betterment of it. Because like I said, Quantum Cab was vastly different like a month ago. But finishing this book in that last month made me realize, okay, this is the best way to handle it now. And I think now it's so much better. Not saying the previous one was bad, but I'm saying as far as it is, uh, as far as where it's placed in the timeline, what it's all gonna connect, this is the best way to, to tell the story now. So for Quantum Cab, what I can say about it is, it is kind of an interdimensional story that will dive deeper into the universe than even uh, the whole Jabberwock arc is going to be. Because I have, long story short, actually, what am I saying long story short? We're already 33 minutes into this. This is not a short story. <laughs> so what I should say is, um, the whole thing of this series is the universe, the structure of the universe and the structure of our minds and even the internet, they have similar designs. So why wouldn't we have access to those mainly the the structure of the universe you know if our if our structure is so similar to each other could we not have bigger access to it than what we can see with our own two eyes i'll leave it at that because i already gave you the synopsis of the book i'm not like i said i'm not trying to spoil a lot but i'm trying to go really ham on this story and like i said quantum cab is establishing even more of that <laughs> but more intermittent more interdimensional stuff so when you think of quantum cab think futurama meets rick and morty but more family friendly so i know some people's butts probably clenched at the here at the word family friendly but that's just my style of writing and i appreciate those you know i appreciate futurama and rick and morty for what they are but personally my style of writing you know, the stuff I want to create, I want the whole family to be able to, to enjoy. So no shade towards them at all. Um, there's an audience for everything, right? And all right. So now that we uh, established that, and I'm, my bad, I keep jumping back and forth with this stuff. I keep saying, all right, let me talk about this. And I go to something like that. My brain is just like so excited that I'm really, as soon as something comes down to mind, I just blurt, I just blurt it out. But we're going to be coming to the end of this sings i don't want this to be longer than like 45 and we're at 35 right now so um i'll end it with the actual uh structure of the book so i wanted to tell odd company in a way that people um kind of i want i kind of write i wanted to write it more so like how some of my favorite books and tv shows are written where it establishes certain things and then over the period of the story it fills in those blanks and 
you learn more of certain things as you go on. So the first book is meant to establish a lot of stuff. And then over time, as the books progress, it fills in blanks. And then you and then you're like, oh, that's why that character did what they did, because of this that was happening here. Or that's why that was foreshadowed because of this type deal. So there are a lot of perspectives that you're going to follow in this book. And as the books progress, it's going to be a little bit more focused, but I wanted to establish a, little, a lot more this time around. But I wanted to make sure that they all still connect. So you see this. So, for instance, um, think of Talia. You go from or excuse me, you follow Bigsby at first. Then you go to a character named Talia. And then it's like, OK, why are we following this character? Then later on, you see, OK, that's why, because of this being connected to what happened with Bigsby, et cetera, et cetera. So each perspective that happens, I want to make sure I established why we're in this perspective right now and why it's relevant to the story at hand and what it's going to become. So, and plus, I just love characters. I, 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 I commend, I commend the crap out of authors who can write a story from just one character's perspective i wish i could do it i wish i could but i <laughs> i have so much i have so much more fun when i write stories that follow multiple perspectives <laughs> that's just how i write so hopefully you're a fan of that too and if you're not give it a try maybe you'll like it <laughs> but like i said i'm not throwing stuff in there that are just random and, and are like why was this a thing everything that's in the story is going to be relevant I don't do filler stuff, at least not in this way. So there's that. Um, it's mainly sci-fi, but there will be fantastical, fantastical, did I say testicle? Fantastical? <laughs> I'm just making words over here. There are going to be fantastical elements in the story as well, but I would say it's going to be mainly sci-fi for this first book, and then you'll see more of the fantasy elements as the story progresses. But when you think of, I believe in monsters, think of stuff like um, Mass Effect, Alan Wake, Epic Mickey, Kingdom Hearts, things like that. Think of um, Control. All of these stories have inspired this series of mine extremely. So hopefully if you're a fan of those, this will be right up your alley. Um, so I have a number of aliens in there, um, humans, of course, too. I wanted to bring in characters like uh, Cheshire, you know, we have the Cheshire cat in Alice in Wonderland. I made the Cheshire a whole alien race and they're different. They look, they look, you still see the cat in them, but they're different than what the Cheshire is. But I hope you will see more of that in the future. I hope you'll, uh, what I meant, actually, that's not what I meant to say. What I meant to say was, I hope that it'll be appreciated that, oh, well, there's a whole alien race of Cheshire cats. Like, this is crazy. What, what do they do? Like, what's this? What's this? So, there is that, for instance, I have, I think right now I have one, two, three, four, like five or six different um, alien races that appear in this first book. And then, then it just gets more over time. But um, I'm trying to think what else, because I'm, I'm really trying to figure out how to not spoil a lot about the book, but 
I guess I'll just leave it at that. Maybe I should just end it before I ramble on any further. I mean, we're at 40 minutes now, so I guess that's good enough. Um, so yeah, like I said, if you want to check out the book, um, whether you're listening to it right now on Wisdom or you're listening to me on my podcast, AOK, which is available on Spotify, um, Apple, Google, and a couple other spots, um, check it out. Like my The link to my book, the link to my podcast, even my Wisdom, whichever you're listening to, um, it'll be in the show notes below or it'll be on my uh, bio. And you'll see a link tree that'll take you to all of that stuff. So I encourage you to check it out. I know I'm really, really excited about this series and I can't wait to share and just share you share with you guys like what goes through my mind, what I perceive as my definitive universe and to show you the story I want to tell, the story I've wanted to tell for over 10 years. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I thank you all for listening, and uh, so next episode on the podcast, we're going to be going back to uh, the Kingdom Hearts retrospective. I don't remember if it's going to be continuing with the story, or if we're talking about a Kingdom Hearts-related thing in general. I know with that podcast, we usually talked about um, different things regarding the retrospective or just stuff news-related in the series, so I forget which one, but it'll be one of those, and then... I don't know what the next AOK episode will be about, but it'll be something cool related to podcast or pop, pop culture. That's what it usually is. But yeah. So until next time, my friends, when the wind hits our sails yet again, be AOK because there's more to seek. So go forth and seek it. I'll see you in our next escape. Cookies. Another chapter concludes. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to help support it by leaving a rating, subscribing, and sharing the podcast with others. That way, more people can see it, whether it's from you or in their suggestion feed. And if you leave a review on the show, you'll get a shout out in our next episode. But due to my podcast being available not just on multiple platforms, but multiple countries, to ensure I see your rating, send me a copy either via email or preferably on Instagram or Facebook. Social media, my other projects like I Believe in Monsters, my TikTok where I do art videos and other random stuff, and more are linked in the show notes below. And also, special shout out to Emacs' outro song, Always Love You. You'll find a link to more of his phenomenal work there also. Until next time, my friends, stay A-OK. -okay.